Hey, what's up, everybody? You're listening to the Sales Vitamin Podcast. I'm your host, John Basong. I'll be deconstructing the playbooks of some of the most successful sales authors, leaders, CEOs, entrepreneurs, field sales professionals. We're going to discuss their strategies, their perspectives, and their insights. So sit back, relax, and get ready to take your vitamins because here we go. What if there was a way that you could talk directly to an audience filled with your ideal prospects, while at the same time establishing your brand as an authority in your niche? Speaking to the right podcast audience will do exactly that. Statistically, more than half of podcast listeners are more likely to consider buying from a brand advertised on a podcast. You don't need your own podcast to do this. We can get interviews on existing podcast shows who are already broadcasting to your ideal customers. Go to podcastconnection.org now to get your first interview booked free of charge. All right, everybody, welcome to another edition of the Sales Vitamin Podcast, where every episode is going to help you with your sales performance in some way, function, form, or fashion. And today, we've got a great guest, Christian Beck. He's the Executive Director of Innovate Maps, and he's a Hoosier. He's an IU graduate. Uh, just had the final four up there in Indy, so maybe we'll talk a little bit about that. But he is on the user experience side. We're going to talk about kind of the technical aspect of sales, and uh, he's worked a little bit in Silicon Valley, but he's up in Indianapolis now with uh, Innovate Maps, and they've got a lot of cool stuff going on. Christian, it's great to have you on the Sales Vitamin Podcast. Yeah, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me, and I, I probably won't talk about the tournament since my actual Hoosiers were not in it. <laughs> So I'd like to just pretend it didn't happen. Just That's FYI, right. a little sore subject. That's yeah, right. Yeah, it's great to be here. Well, man, uh, let's start off with uh, kind of give the listeners your background, kind of what your uh, your story is. I know you spent some time out in Silicon Valley, uh, you know, and uh, you graduated at IU with, uh, I can't remember the name of the degree. It's got to be some kind of computer science it's degree. It's very, yeah, it's very long. Yeah, it's, it's better <laughs> but, to use the acronym. That's right. Give the listeners kind of your background and uh, what yeah. you're doing right now. Yeah, so my master's is in HCID human computer interaction design, which now most people just call it UX, user experience. Um, okay. So designing software, uh, although I got the degree before, you know, the first iPhone had come out. So mobile apps hadn't really taken off just yet, but it, it's inclusive of that as well. So that's, that's my background. And um, after getting my master's there, I went out to work for uh, Autodesk, which, which makes 3D um, and engineering software. So, you know, almost anything you've looked at in your life physically was designed with an Autodesk product. So I did, I did that uh, out in the Bay Area for about five years before moving back home to Indianapolis, led a software design team for a marketing software company where I met uh, our uh, Innovate, now Innovate Map CEO, uh, Mike Reynolds, and, and co-founded Innovate Map in 2014. Um, and Innovate Map is what we, what we call a digital product agency. Uh, it is a creative agency at heart. Uh, but we use the word digital product to reference. We, we design, so we design, help market brand digital products. So there's a lot of innovation and a lot of uh, investment in, in tech, B2B, SaaS, you know, B2C, you know, e-com, you name it throughout the Midwest. 
Um, but the way to win uh, in this market is through you know great user experience, great marketing. So we we started an agency to help uh, all these startups and tech companies with with things like that in 2014, and we're on year seven right now. And we probably work with about you know you know anywhere from from 40 to 60 companies in, in a given year throughout the Midwest. Awesome. When you talk about the user experience, I know, golly, it's almost becoming a buzzword now, but yeah. I think it's so true that that user experience, especially today um, and with social media, if people don't have a good experience, you know, it, it, it can be the word can get out. What are the differences and kind of the similarities between you're a digital product uh, creator, innovator and, and, and researcher, what you do between what you do for a digital product and maybe a physical product? Hmm. Yeah, I, it's a great question. A lot of the industry on digital product design is really based off of physical product design. Okay. So, you, you know, so if you think, let's just take like a, a pair of shoes, you know, great shoes today have to be well designed. They have to be well built. They have to be sturdy. They have to be, and then they have to be comfortable. They have to feel good, but they also have to be marketed really well. If you think about even why you ever bought the pair of shoes, there was a whole series of brand touch points and then marketing touch points that got you those pairs of shoes. So the design process is, is a lot inspired by that. But one of the biggest differences is, this sounds stupid to say, is that you can't touch digital products. So right. a lot of in uh, their their interactions. So a lot of what what we do in user experience design is actually designing the hidden things. So sure, there's the color of the button, and people may have heard about you know how Google has tested all these shades of blue in the past. So there there are things like that, but a lot of it is the interactions and how seamless they are. So when you think about uh, when I click this button, this screen appears, or if you've ever filled out filled out a form that was really cumbersome and every page took forever or you lose your place in it or just, you know, apps that you download that become really hard to use. Um, it's all about, you know, the, the feel of actually using the app. And that's a lot different than physical products. You know, a shoe, you put it on, you wear it, you have comfort, but you're not interacting with it on a daily basis. And so that's, right. that's the biggest difference with digital products is you can't just think about how does something look in a screenshot or on a website, but how does it feel and how easy is it to use for days or weeks or months of, of, of your life? Yeah, that's interesting. So when a customer comes to you to innovate maps, whether they're a, a large company or just an individual solopreneur, whatever the situation is, what comes first? Is it hey, the design piece or the end product piece? How do you high level kind of guide them through the process? Yeah. So as a designer, I would love to say that the world revolves around design, but there's so many different levers you can pull. So I wouldn't say that design is the only thing that you need to have for something to succeed. And you can actually have a successful product without great design. Eventually you'll, you'll end up paying for it. So right. usually what, what, what I'll talk about uh, with, with, with a new, with a new you know, company working with us is, you know, when you think about great product, like let's just think about the product, the digital product that you're trying to make, it's really like imagine like a Venn diagram of, of usability, you know, how easy is it to use, right. uh, marketability, like how easy is it to market or sell the product itself, and then value. So how valuable is it? So we're really trying to get people to understand that those three facets, marketability, you know, value and, and, and usability 
that you have to hit right in the center of all those. Now you can dial up one or the other. You can really focus a lot more on branding and like really connect with buyers. Right. And, but you have to have all three of those because, you know, as I, I would say, I, if I design something that's easy to use, that, that assumes I have a user, which assumes I have sold it to somebody. So right. it doesn't matter if I design a really great product that we haven't marketed to somebody and gotten somebody to buy. You really need all of those working together. Yeah. And from a user experience standpoint, how does that affect or how does that enable the sales process with uh, and, and on the digital side? Because that's huge. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a great question. The fact that you even bring it up. So I'm happy to be here to talk about it because the connection between design and sales needs to be understood, I think, a lot more than it is. It needs to be understood by designers that you design something that needs to be sold. Right. And it needs to be understood by salespeople that, look, you should be selling something that's well-designed. And frankly, if, if the audience of salespeople here, sales leaders, I would say, if you don't believe that your product is well-designed, there needs to be a conversation with your, even your design team. I've seen so many salespeople who are passionate about sales going and selling a product that is not well-designed and they don't complain about it. They just go sell it in their charisma or with their methodology. They can get around it. I say, great design makes sales almost effortless. Yeah. Like it should, it should, it should make sales almost an afterthought. Like once you've built something that's valuable, it's well-designed and then it's, it's, it's connecting with someone when a salesperson's involved, a lot of the work should be done for them. They should just do, they should just be help communicating that value, but they shouldn't be trying to convince somebody the product's great. So what I always say is when you think about design and how it helps sales, it, it's supposed to actually make sales a lot easier. If I give you a specific example with digital products, for example, what, what, what we'll often do is if you're building a new piece of software, it can take months to build the feature that you want to sell. Salespeople want to go out and sell it. They don't care if it's ready, to, if, they're, if it's built just yet. I mean, a lot right. of people love to sell ahead of when things are built. Design can support you there. So a lot of times what we'll do is we'll actually design what the product is going to look and act like because we can do that faster in design than we can in building. So we'll stitch together better demos. A lot of salespeople do demos of built software products when, when, when they're at, wait until they're coded. We say, look, you don't have to wait until the product is actually built. You can, you can, you can use demo environments that are all design, you know, design files rather than built code. So that's one way specifically where I'll, I'll, I'll have designers support sales to get ahead of the market by designing what the actual screens will look like. You say, you know, I click on this button, this is the screen that's gonna appear because then it allows salespeople to really focus on, on the prospect and really connect the, the product to the right story. So do you, and it sounds like what you do there at Innovate Maps is you take, because there's a lot of uh, complicated things behind the scenes working there, designing a digital product, but at the end of the day, you want it to be simple for your sales team and for the customer, the end user. But there is, it's a little bit, it's not as, as simple as it seems to create that simple, simpleness is what I'll call it of, of the user experience that you right. want. Talk about that, how that does enable the sales process, but there's a lot behind the scenes there. Yeah, well, that's true. And I think it can seem really simple to, to once you see the finished product, you say, oh, this is easy, but Design actually starts before you ever get on a computer and a design software to start designing. It starts with talking to people, which this is actually a really good intersection between sales and design again, 
which is good salespeople really understand the people buying. They understand their buyer personas. They understand uh, the, the marketing landscape, the position they have in the market. When designers start, they're actually talking to a lot of the same people a salesperson might. A lot of end users of software won't necessarily be the buyer. So it won't be the actual person that a, that a salesperson is, but you're going and talking to the same types of companies. But if you start really early on the design process, what designers are doing is, is user interviews. They're talking to people to learn very different, but a similar, this is how I even got into, well, how I even got into sales was a lot of the research I had to do to figure out what do people want in a product? And then how would I design it? So it would satisfy their needs ended up being the same types of questions I asked during a sales process to understand, you know, buyer pains. So there's a lot of research that goes on in design before you even start designing. So you're talking to potential customers, you know, 10, 20, 30 people um, in, in a general market to develop a vision for, for the design. But you have to remember, you're starting with nothing with a new right. product. It's, it's just a totally blank canvas, which is the most exciting and most fearful thing to face as a designer, because now you have to figure out, I've heard all these things from people where do I start? How do I lay this out? So you start doing something called wireframing. People may be familiar with this. You start laying out like schematics for what the UI might look like. Then you start stitching together the way you would like a storyboard for a Hollywood movie. You just sort of sketch out the scenes, do the same thing in UI. You bring your team together. You might bring you know users together and share with them to get feedback on it. Then you can start actually designing it. But once you start designing it, then there's a whole new process of, you know, the visual side of it. What fonts are you going to use? What, what's the, the patterns you're going to use in the design? You know, what colors are you going to use? What do buttons look like? Um, all those sorts of things come into place. So that, that's, that's a lot of the, the pre-work that goes into even starting to, to design the, the software. Where, where do entrepreneurs or business owners or companies that eventually make it to you once they find out, what are the key things that you, the mistakes that you see that they make? What are some of the, maybe the top three mistakes that they try to do it on their own or they don't realize, hey, here's the value in an Innovate Maps and what they're going to bring to the table. What are those key, what do they kind of do? What are the mistakes you see that they make? Well, the one mistake I see that happens a lot is kind of rooted in either a skepticism or a disbelief that design uh, is important. Or it's, I'll worry about design later. So I'll usually, so if I say, I talk to somebody to get them to see the value of design, it's like, you need to design this well from the ground up. A lot of people, if they're going to make a mistake, what, what they'll think is I can sell anything or I can, which is, it can be true. You, you may, you have really great salespeople that can, you know, sell anything as long as they, they understand what the market's like. And that may be true. But the reality is it's a lot like if I use like my financial metaphors of debt, it's like taking on debt. Like you can overspend, you can charge it to a credit card today. You're going to have to pay it off at some point. Right. So if you don't take design seriously, when you're building the product today, you'll get by, you'll, you'll be able to make some sales, but all of the, all of the, the debt you accrue with your design gets more, it's like building interest over time. So right. you can get by without great design in the very beginning you're just going to have to pay for it later. And all of those things will be more expensive down the road. Um, the second mistake I'll see, see people make, and this isn't just about whether you would use innovate map or, or somebody else, an argument right. for, for our services is uh, skimping on design. Say, Oh, I've got a, a friend, you know, in college, you can do this on the side, right? Not to knock. There's, there's some great designers that are there in school. Yeah. But 
it's the the value you put on design is is you know evident in who you have go design it. So if you're just going to go get it on a discount, or you're going to go even get a a, a logo on a discount, just understand that that's you're going to get what you pay for. Um, and so there's I think a, a disbelief sometimes that you can um, get it on the cheap. But design is one of these compound interest type things where if you you have to spend money to make money. So if you put a good investment in it, it will pay off for a really long time. If you try to discount it, it will give you a false sense of security that things are going to work, but you get the product out there and users start complaining and you end up dealing with a really challenging situation is all those sales you made, everybody was really happy when they actually get the product, they're frustrated. And now they're complaining to you, I bought this from you, or they're canceling and you're getting churned. So that's, those are the, the, the two flavors of mistakes. That say is either a disbelief in design's value or discounting it and think that, that you can get it done cheaply. And it's unfortunately just one of those things that, that you have to invest in early if you want to get good returns. Yeah. And a, a lot of the talk today is mobile, you know, the mobile experience. But from what I would see from your chair, the user experience, uh, the mobile piece is important. But I would think that when you're designing it, you've got to design it for mobile, but for the, the, the desktop as well, because the applications are different. If I'm mm -hmm. going on to my mobile screen, you know, yeah, I want it to fit on there and all, but the applications for my product may be better useful on the laptop or the desktop. Yeah. Is that what you've seen as a designer? Yeah, you're actually bringing up an, another, you know, the hidden cost of design is designing for different interfaces, you know, okay. tablets, mobile phones, you know, desktop browsers, whatever it's going to be is also a complicating factor. But you're actually, I think even asking a better question was, which is the reality that, what a user needs is, is not just based on device, but it's where they are in the world. You know, for example, I was just talking to a startup yesterday that's building a product for uh, real estate agents. And they were pointing out that most of the real estate software that is out right now is all desktop based. Well, if you've ever seen a real estate agent, that's not where most of their time is spent. It's spent out in a car yeah. or at a showing where they're on their mobile phone. Um, so you could say, well, now we need a real estate software that's better designed for a phone. That's part of it. But the other part is what they need in the field is different than back at the office. So we often will see that mobile, the mobile versions of software have different use cases to support. So the things that you need when you're out using your phone are actually different than back at the office. So right. when you're back at your office, you can think tables and graphs and filling in data or like writing up your notes. When you're out in the field, it's often going to be situational, maybe taking photos, like sending messages, like really quick interactions. So another mistake people make is just taking everything you put in a desktop interface and just putting it inside of a mobile and it becomes really complicated. You don't want to be standing there in a Starbucks tapping around trying to get to something you want. It needs to be faster, which means that you need fewer things on a mobile app than you do on a desktop software, which means you have slightly different applications for one product, one that's right. you know mobile and one that's desktop. Yeah, no, that's yeah, that and that's pretty cool. I was just thinking about that, and uh, I figured that was something you you could talk about. The other thing is when you're looking at scalability, you know, digital products obviously, in my opinion, are, are more scalable or quickly more scalable, I should say. How much does what you do from a design and a UX user experience standpoint standpoint uh, factor into that scalability. 
when you when you mean scalability what but what do you what's i'll make sure i answer the question like what 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 types of scalability like scaling to numbers of users is that what you that would you yeah uh, or customers for that matter yeah yeah well in reality tech can scale faster than anything if i go design a house and i design the doorknobs and i design the flow in the kitchen uh, i've designed something that's only going to affect the one family that lives there when you're designing an interface you are designing something for an untold number of, of, of users and an untold number of customers. So the first thing that you have to understand as a designer is what you're designing scales beyond what you even, you even know. You're designing this interface with a person in mind. There could be millions of you. Well, if you're lucky, there's going to be millions of users. Yeah. Um, then when you think about scaling the feature set, meaning well, what are the features you're designing in the software, it gets really challenging the more customers you have because you have to build and design things that satisfy a broader range of people. If you go back to the shoe metaphor, Nike's got, you know, you know, hundreds of different sneakers yeah. that are targeted to very specific people. You don't really get that opportunity with digital products. You have to actually find a baseline to design for. You can't customize it. That's a big shift that happened in software in the last 10 years is you don't get to customize it and sell it specific to every single prospect anymore. You design it and you have to kind of hit a baseline and, yeah. and it's got to scale to serve thousands or millions of users. And it needs to do so, you know, pretty effortlessly. So that's a big challenge when you're designing is knowing that even though you're, you have yourself in mind as you're designing, it could have tens, tens of thousands or, or millions of users on the other side. Wow. Yeah. I, I love the Nike example. That's great. Um, and there's more out there, but uh, that's a good one. What would you, what advice would you give to the sales professional or the sales team, those VP of sales out there, the kind of interaction that they need to have with the innovate map teams of the world? How should that interaction uh, flow throughout the sales process? Uh, and how should they be interacting with those teammates? So when we're doing our best work, even though we're a product agency that's working with product, I think we have sales or someone in sales involved. Okay. The sales, the sales leader that is attuned to what the product team is doing is going to be a better salesperson. Right. When I was in software, um, you know, at Autodesk, salespeople weren't even in our building. I mean, often they were in field and they were out. And I never interacted with I couldn't have I couldn't have named a single salesperson for the software I designed. Yeah. This is multi-million dollar software with, with tens and hundreds of thousands of users. Um, but, but that has got to change. There has to be more uh, interaction between it because what, what happens is there becomes a disconnect. You design software to do something that satisfies the use case. Then salespeople go spin up a story that may or may not be the intention that you had with the design. That's right. Or the, the thing that happens the most often is salespeople don't realize designers can actually help you in a lot of different ways. If you're, yeah. you're going to sell a big account, you know, so say you're selling a Fortune 500 account and you've got these design screens that don't quite tell the story, a lot of salespeople will just either mess with it in PowerPoint themselves and they'll, they'll color things out or they'll handle it with their charisma in person. What they don't realize, you just go to the design team and say, hey, I could really use some, some, some tweaks to some of these screens. I've got a really big account that I want to sell. Can you make these changes? You know, that's, that's one of the big things that, that I wish would change is that even though sales is just functionally very different from product, that there was more interactions there. So I guess to, the long-winded answer to your question is I, I wish you know, the salespeople would actually um, become more involved and realize that, that 
you can expect more from your product team and that it doesn't have to be quite as, I would say combative of a relationship, but more of a, I'll see a lot of frustration where they lose a deal and they're like, oh, we should have had this better design. Like be collaborative in the beginning and realize you're actually both the product and sales teams are actually trying to achieve the exact same goal. Sometimes sales can win deals just off of, you know, good salespeople. And then sometimes product should be able to help you win deals just by just telling the right story. So I, yeah. I really just encourage salespeople to really just get in the room with product a little bit more. No, it's great example. Great. I, I agree a hundred percent. Um, I think there's so much value there uh, in that whole process. What's the best way for the listeners or uh, anybody out there that's listening to, to get in touch with you and to get in touch with uh, Innovate Maps? What's the best way for them to get in touch with you? Well, you can always email me. It's uh, christian.beck at innovatemap.com. You can also visit innovatemap.com. There'll be a million ways to to contact us there and all of that stuff will probably get sent to my email as well. Okay. Um, if you're interested in, in product in general, uh, I also have a product podcast called the better product podcast, That's right. um, which you can check out as well. It's really meant for product people, but I, I have a lot of salespeople that listen to it as well to help, to help sort of translate that world, uh, you know, for sales as well. So I, I definitely encourage people to check that out, but christian.beck at innovatemap.com. You feel free to email me. Okay. So all you listeners, make sure you get in touch with Christian and check out his podcast. Uh, awesome podcast. So last question for you, Christian, if you had what I call a sales vitamin to give to the listeners today uh, to help them improve their sales performance, uh, to help them improve uh, maybe their product design, their user experience, what's that one sales vitamin you'd like to leave them with? I've thought about this uh, a lot, even before I realized there was a sales vitamin show. If I <laughs> had so uh, again, I, my background is design. I've been doing sales for about five years. It's, it's my identity is still very design oriented, but I would, I would encourage salespeople uh, to be authentic to, to, to themselves. And that sounds like easy advice, but it's actually quite difficult. I've learned in my yeah. own world is who are you? Who are you as a person? I think a lot of times salespeople are told to act a certain way or to act confident or whatever. And I've learned the more you can figure out who you are as a person, let that come through in sales. Uh, there's just, there's not enough uh, confidence people have to just go be themselves in the sales process. And that means you'll lose some deals. Yeah. Um, but the ones you win are going to be easier and they're going to be much better uh, customers going forward because they know who they bought from. So vitamin, the authenticity vitamin, just be yourself uh, more than you're coached in all the sales books. Yeah, no, that's, that's outstanding. That's a, uh, that's a good, that's a jar full of sales vitamins right there. That's, that's great advice uh, all the way around. Christian Beck, he's with uh, Innovate Map uh, Executive Director. Great information today. It's just fascinating the user experience and how much that plays into uh, the sales of the actual, whether it's a digital product or the in physical product. So appreciate you coming on today and just all the information and uh, appreciate you just spending some time today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure talking to you, John. You bet. That's it for today's Sales Vitamin. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. And please leave a review. It'll mean a lot. Whatever platform you listen on, hit the subscribe button. Have a great day. And remember, take your Sales Vitamin.